You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Full and Thriving podcast. And today is a solo episode. And I'm starting to have a lot of fun using these solo shows as a chance to call my listeners out on their disordered behaviors and thoughts. And so today, you can expect the same thing. Uh, Today, we will be talking about hunger. And the name of this episode is Stop Making Hunger Complicated. (laughs) And quick caveat, uh, this episode is primarily aimed towards people in recovery who have their hunger signals intact. Of course, I do acknowledge that there are many people in recovery who don't have their hunger signals intact, and I include a few tidbits for you folks as well, but if you don't have your hunger signals, I still think it's important for you to listen to this episode because If you're in recovery, you're working to restore those. And if you get your hunger signals back, you're going to want to know how to properly respond to them. So this is something that you can listen to now and keep these tools and ideas in your back pocket for later. So first of all, when planning this episode, I went to Google the definition of hunger. And as an eating disorder recovery coach, I actually couldn't find anything that would be supportive for those in eating disorder recovery. So even the most accepted definitions of hunger seem to complicate what hunger actually is. So why do I share this? First of all, I thought it was very intriguing, but second of all, this validates that eating disorder recovery is hard. I can imagine many listeners Googling the word hunger, trying to figure out if they're actually experiencing hunger or not and what to do about their hunger. And honestly, I wouldn't trust those definitions. For instance, one of the definitions I found online was hunger is a feeling of discomfort or weakness caused by lack of food coupled with the desire to eat. And I have many problems with this definition. First, Hunger is not a weakness. So the fact that they use weakness in the definition of hunger really pisses me off. That feels very diet culture-y to me. And then second, hunger is not always coupled with the desire to eat, obviously, because those with eating disorders usually don't have the desire to eat all the time. So clearly that's untrue as well. So again, this is kind of hilarious to read all of these definitions of hunger and they're trying to get a hold of their own hunger experiences in recovery. So wanted to throw that out there at the start. And my main intention for all of you is 
to just learn in this episode that hunger is not complicated. It is just a signal from your body that is telling you it needs energy and nourishment. So hunger is a neutral signal from your body, okay? And that's why I couldn't find any definitions I liked because they didn't use the word signal or any synonyms to that. But if you are confused about hunger, it's probably because you've been gaslit by diet culture to stop trusting your hunger and to question your hunger. And that's really not okay. I see my clients and my community make hunger really complicated and it manifests in several different ways. And in this episode, I outline five ways that the eating disorder recovery community really complicates hunger. And I guess when I say eating disorder recovery community, I actually mean people with eating disorders. So the first way that hunger becomes complicated in recovery is that I see my clients typically overthinking or questioning their hunger. So this usually looks something like, well, maybe I'm not really hungry. Maybe I'm just bored. Maybe my body is lying to me. Maybe I'm just thirsty. Maybe I need water instead. And I'm just here to say that you shouldn't really have to question your hunger. If we're going by the definition of hunger, it is a signal that you need food. The solution is right there. So if you're questioning your hunger and saying, maybe I'm just thirsty, maybe I'm just bored, remember that hunger is a very different sensation than thirst. (laughs) And boredom is a different sensation than hunger. And that is why you are confused because you're Somewhere along the line, we're told that maybe they're similar. Maybe you are the confused one. In reality, that's not true. So I need you to start trusting your body and take hunger for face value for what it is. And that just requires trust and a sense of simplifying your life. All right. You can trust your body. Your body is on your team. Your body is doing everything it can to keep you alive. And if you do not have your hunger and fullness signals intact, like I mentioned before, this means you should truly trust your team and the meal plan they have put you on. So if you're overthinking or overcomplicating your meal plan and trying to inject a little control into it, remember that all of the decisions have already been made for you. It's not that complicated. You just have to trust your dietitian who made the plan and follow through with that plan. And I know that's extremely difficult to do, but if we're talking about trust versus overthinking, I need everyone with hunger signals to trust that their signals are real and everyone with a meal plan to trust that that was created for your true recovery and for your benefit. So the second way I see my clients and people in my community complicating hunger is when they start ignoring or suppressing their hunger for some reason. And when you have an eating disorder, this is quite common And when you ignore your hunger, this is when your body stops trusting you 
to take care of it. So it's almost like instead of performing as one unit, you and your body start to be at war against each other. So there is a divide. And let me tell you that there are no benefits to ignoring or suppressing your hunger because your body's going to do everything it can to make sure you actually get the food that you need. And if you continue suppressing your hunger, your body's just going to start to get really crafty and start to slow down your metabolism and shut down other functions so that it can optimize the limited calories and nutrients that it's getting from you, the owner that it trusted and is currently being really betrayed by. Because honestly, not feeding your body is like not feeding a really loyal puppy. Your body is on your team. It wants you to survive. And by not feeding your body, you're not giving it the resources it needs to do its job properly. So when we suppress our hunger or ignore our hunger, this is when our bodies start to think we are living in a famine state. And believe it or not, your body cannot tell the difference between extreme dieting or dieting at all and living in a real life famine. So your body on a diet goes into the survival mode and it will increase hunger signals and make you focus on obtaining food more than ever. This is why you might experience extreme hunger or a mental food obsession. If you find you're obsessing over food, this is just another way your body is trying to tell you that it's hungry and needs food. Food obsession is another form of a hunger signal. And this is why you feel out of control and have an increased likelihood to binge after a period of restriction. If you were in an actual famine, which your body thinks you are in, wouldn't you most likely eat as much food as you can of whatever is in front of you? I mean, if I was in a famine, I don't care what is in front of me, I'm going to eat as much of that food as I can because I want to survive. That's exactly what your body's trying to do. So in reality, your body is binging because it thinks food is scarce and rare. And your body is binging because it is trying to literally inhale as much nourishment and energy as possible while food is available, which is why I see so many people be afraid to eat one cookie because they know that their body's just going to hijack the situation and eat the whole sleeve of cookies. And this is because your body does not realize food is always available to it. It thinks it's in a famine. So the only way you can really break yourself out of this restrict binge cycle is to start properly responding to your hunger until you are physically and mentally satisfied. So you must eat regularly and respond to your hunger religiously. This means not just eating a really tiny meal, but maybe you need a much bigger meal in that moment. We need to start teaching our body that food is always available. That's the whole point of eating regularly. And then soon what you'll find is that 
you stop putting food on this pedestal. And by feeding yourself regularly, your body will start to get the hint and feel the reality that food is actually always available to it and that it's not actually in a famine. And that's when your body is going to relax because it's finally realized that food is always around and available to you. And when your body stops putting food on this pedestal and when your mind stops obsessing over this pedestal because it has the felt sense of safety, that's when you actually get real control around food. That's when you can be in front of a sleeve of cookies and actually stop after having one, two, three cookies and feel really satisfied. So that's real control around food, not disordered control. And as a person who is recovered, I do not mess around when it comes to responding to the signals that I trust dearly. So even if I feel hungry, say at like midnight, or say I wake up and I suddenly realize I'm hungry at like two in the morning, I will go downstairs and eat a bowl of cereal, maybe some crackers, whatever is in my fridge until I feel satisfied. I really take pride in responding to my hunger adequately and efficiently, no matter what. And my body loves it. And my body trusts me to do that. The third way I see people complicating hunger is by trying to predict and control their level of hunger. So somewhere in your life, there's a chance someone told you that your body is a machine, right? We hear that from diet culture all the time. Calories in equals calories out, yada, yada, yada. Well, your body is much more complicated than that. Food is only one piece of the puzzle when it comes to hunger levels. For instance, when you eat one thing for breakfast one day and feel full and satisfied for hours after the fact, the next day you might eat the same exact meal and feel hungry an hour later. And what I see is that people with eating disorders get really freaked out by this, like that you can't perfectly control your hunger levels and you can't perfectly predict exactly when you'll be hungry because every day there's so much variation. And this is really normal to experience this variation. And when I experience this, so when I find that I'm way more hungry one day than I typically am, I just hold space for the fact that it could be a multitude of things. And I try to approach that with a sense of curiosity instead of feeling emotional or frustrated or upset. So I try to keep in mind that my changes in hunger level could be due to things like my stress level, my activity level, my hormone levels, all the things. And this is just a reminder that you really shouldn't be trying to predict your hunger or plan when you're going to be hungry because you just really don't know. So if you find yourself caught in that or find yourself really confused about why one day you're hungrier than the other, you just have to let that go and accept that that's something that your body is in charge of and you need to relinquish the control around that. So that's 
Number three, trying to predict your hunger. That's just going to get you in a situation that's pretty frustrating. The fourth way I find people with eating disorders complicate hunger is that they start to get really emotional about their hunger. And I'm here to remind you that hunger is a neutral experience. Hunger is merely a signal, like I said before. So if your hunger causes you fear, shame, anxiety, distress, this is a sign that your relationship with food is probably disordered. Hunger is neutral. I wish I could scream that from a mountaintop. Remember that it's just a signal. So if you're hungry 20 minutes after eating a snack, that doesn't make you wrong. That doesn't make you a bad person. You didn't make any mistakes. You're not a failure. All of those thoughts that you have are what make hunger such an emotional experience. And hunger doesn't have to be that way. If anything, hunger is just an indication that you need to feed yourself and just take it as face value. We don't need to fill in the blanks with what this means about us or anything like that. So the fifth and final way I see hunger getting complicated by those with eating disorders is that people with eating disorders tend to view extreme hunger as their only permission slip to eat. And so they try to set themselves up to feel a certain level of hunger before every single meal because they have that belief that I must be hungry in order to eat. And that is not true. You do not have to be hungry to eat all of your meals and snacks. So when you see that you're putting your ability to eat under these strict conditions, that's when things get complicated. Any level of hunger needs to be responded to properly. So if you're slightly hungry, you can respond to that. You don't have to wait until you are starved or famished. When you fall into this trap, you will put a lot of pressure on every meal to be perfect. And that's not how the real world works. Not every meal is going to be perfect. Not everything is going to be this thrilling experience or an adventure. Not all meals should feel magical. Some meals are just mechanical. Some are boring. Sometimes you're not even really hungry when you approach them. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't eat or that you're not allowed to eat. You need to eat anyway. This is your responsibility as a human with a body. You need to know that your body needs fuel. And this is especially your responsibility in recovery. Think of it. If you own a little animal, like, again, like a puppy, it is your responsibility to feed it regularly and adequately every day. And as a human with a body, you also need to take responsibility for this Think about the pet example again. You can't feel your puppy's hunger signals, but you know that in order to keep the puppy alive, you need to feed it regularly and enough. And so if you've lost your hunger signals, you need to treat yourself with the same respect and dignity, right? You need to feed yourself regularly and enough to keep your body going, to keep your body surviving so that you can live this beautiful life. 
And I know there are many of you who are thinking, I don't deserve to treat myself with respect. I don't deserve to treat myself with dignity. I don't want to be kind to my body. I'm here to tell you that you do and that those thoughts are disordered thoughts. You deserve food. You deserve nourishment. And you can live a beautiful life. So that concludes my five ways that people really complicate hunger. And we want to remember that hunger is not complicated. Stop making it complicated. I know that hunger feels complicated and I know that feeling feels really real, but we need to remember that feelings are not facts. So it feels complicated, but the fact is hunger is still just a signal. And I know it might upset people to hear this because we've made it be something so much bigger than it actually is to us. But I just want to remind you that we can actually simplify it again to being what it is, which is a signal. And now I sound like a broken record, but that is exactly what it is. It is truly a neutral signal that is telling you your body needs nourishment. That's all it is. We do not need to make it more complicated than this. We do not need to make it mean something about us. We don't need to let hunger ruin our day. Hunger is not here to ruin your day. It is not here to emotionally beat you up. Hunger is merely a signal that we know how to respond to, whether intuitively or the way your treatment team has told you to respond to it. And I want you to trust that. And if you're sitting here feeling really confused and lost about where to start when it comes to healing your relationship with hunger, I want you to begin with eating regularly and then eventually eating adequately. So regular eating means building up to three meals a day and three snacks. And once you're an intuitive eater, that might look a little bit different, but start with eating regularly and then build some flexibility within that. So if you are eating regularly, but you notice you're hungry at different times of the day, facing the fear of eating maybe at odd times of the day when you actually feel that hunger really helps. So when you feel hunger, I challenge you to stop what you're doing and respond in that moment. It doesn't have to be the exact time of day you like to eat a meal or a snack. It can just be this random moment, but you're going to feel really empowered by practicing responding to your hunger when you actually feel it. There's no need to wait it out until lunch or wait it out until snack. Just give that a try. The more you do things like that, those baby steps that make you face your fear, the more empowered you're going to feel, the more confident you're going to feel, and then those fears start to fade away. So that's where I would start if you're really lost when it comes to hunger. And Next time you do feel hungry and you start to feel scared, just remember this episode. Hunger is your friend. 
It's just your body trying to communicate its needs and you can take it at face value. And that just means now you know what to do. Now you know that you need to feed it. (laughs) It's pretty simple. All right. (sighs) That is all, my friends. I know deep down that if you are listening to this episode, it means that you believe or there's a part of you that really wants to believe true recovery is possible for you. So keep going. Remember that recovery is worth it and that you are worthy of recovery and you are sick enough to start recovery if you haven't started yet. All right, that's it for now, folks. I will see you next time. Have a beautiful day. 